What is it about meal planning that feels so daunting? It should be simple. Write down a few meals your family might like next week. Get the ingredients and cook away. But the reality is we live busy lives and creating a plan that actually works for your family can be a struggle. We create a plan and it sounds perfect until we realize it takes 40 minutes to cook and we only have 30 in between activities to cook and scarf it down. We create what we think is the perfect plan full of Pinterest ready dishes and no one eats it. So how do we create a plan that's both flexible, simple enough to stick with and friendly for the whole family? I've got you, mama. My new free meal planning made easy challenge is coming on September 7th. Join us for four weeks of meal planning bliss. Meal planning you'll actually stick with beyond the end of the month. Head to healthymamachris.com slash plan to join for free. Hey mama, Kristen here. I just wanted to give a brief introduction to this episode today. I am on a little bit of a break in August. I'm still seeing my clients and preparing for everything we have coming up in September, but I decided to take a little bit of a break from podcasting to give myself a little bit of time to hang out with my kiddos before the school begins and to spend some quality time with my hubby before his season gets crazy. So what you're listening to today is a replay of one of my my top four best of episodes. I have these playing all month in August, so I hope you will enjoy this interview today. I know I enjoyed recording each and every one of these, so if you love it, please go ahead, share with me on social media, and I will see you back here live-ish at the end of August. When I focus on the little things, the simple things in life, like the trees that are starting to bloom, even though it's still winter, like those things, that's what a beautiful balance looks like to me. When I can just really appreciate all the little simple things in life, which isn't always easy, but when you can just appreciate what you have and be grateful for what you have, um, that's when I feel the most balanced. I'm Kristen Dobniak holistic nutritionist and mama of two, and this is the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, a podcast about ditching the diet dogma, embracing intuitive eating, real food, and living healthy, happy, and whole. Please note the information and opinions on this podcast are intended for information and inspiration only and are not a substitute for professional medical advice or treatment. Please consult with your healthcare practitioner before making any changes. Now, onto the show. This is Kristen back for another episode of the Healthy Balance Mama podcast, and I am so thrilled to have a guest on with me today. I know you're all going to love her and her story. Lex Daddio is a wife to Thomas and a mama to T. She lives in Richmond, Virginia, and loves to explore around her town. She's overcome a binge eating disorder and is passionate about helping others overcome as well. She is a recently certified intuitive eating counselor to help others ditch the diets and find food freedom like she has. Her husband has played a huge role in her healing journey, and now they enjoy cooking together in the kitchen. They make easy, attainable, yet super delicious recipes using real ingredients. They hope to inspire others that anyone can cook and to bring people back to the kitchen and enjoying food around the table with those you love. So I have been following Lex for a few years now on Instagram. She's at Restoring Radiance. For those of you who don't know, I'm sure most of my listeners, you already know who she is. But seeing her transformation has been incredible. Um, I've been so inspired by her her story and everything she's talked about um, with restoring her radiance, going coming from darkness into light. Um, so I'm so excited for you to hear this interview. So hi, Lex. Welcome to the Healthy Balance Mama podcast. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. So just to start, tell my listeners, my few listeners who don't know you, who you are and what you do, just share about yourself. Yes, so I'm Lex Daddio, and you kind of covered a lot in the bio, but um, I am a wife and a new mother to a little eight-month-old, and um, I live in Richmond, Virginia. We live in a little apartment, and we, um, I do basically mostly Instagram, and I'm a stay-at-home mom. Um, I've been doing Instagram now for about six years. Uh, I started it back when it really wasn't 
a thing at all. And my account was totally (laughs) private. Um, So I had no intentions of turning it into what it was or what it is now. Um, But I've really gone from eating disorder to kind of recovery to like a slow recovery to looking back now and then going through intuitive eating to more now where I would consider myself at this point being more of a normal eater, which is really nothing I ever expected to happen. Um, and I can go more into that later. Um, but anyways, yes. Yeah, so I it did just get certified to become an intuitive eating counselor. So I'm super excited. I'll be taking on clients and, um, starting groups soon. Um, because I have just, I've been in such a dark place in my life and I know that people deal with the same thing just because of how many people tell me that they have dealt with the same thing or are dealing with the same thing. So my goal and part of my, I feel like my purpose and um, drive for life is just to help others really overcome that too um, or just to at least find freedom or, or be inspired to know that if like I can over, if I've uh, broken out of that darkness that they can too. I love that so much. And I appreciate your openness. Like, you know, especially in my position as well, like coming out on the internet and going, I struggled with this for a long time and using it to help other people is it's really incredible and it's needed for sure. So, um, so I appreciate everything that you share and it's so exciting that you're going to be able to, to share even more, um, as an intuitive eating counselor, I'm going through the process myself. I think I told you that. Um, yes, and it's so, so amazing. Awesome. Evelyn is awesome. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, they're, both, I love they're both awesome, but yeah, <laughs> they're so great. But yeah, I just feel like, you know, part of me feels like I almost went through what I went through to help others get through it as well. And so I just feel like it would, I wouldn't be doing what I'm supposed to be doing if I didn't share and be so open. And at this point, I'm seriously an open book. So (laughs) I'm just like, I am happy to share because I just share in hopes that it'll help somebody else. Yes, I love that. I totally agree. (laughs) So then can you share more with us about your journey to finding this balance, this place from disordered eating to a place of intuitive eating and normal eating, which I know is such a huge transition um, and what restoring radiance means to you? Yeah, so I'll kind of go through it. I'll try to do like a shortened version, which is always my goal. And then I feel like it ends up being long. But um, basically uh, back in um, – I think I always had an unhealthy relationship with food even growing up. Um, my mom was like super into organic food way before it was cool. And so we had a lot of like the organic versions of a lot of food. And I just like hated that because I felt – you know, whenever I went to a friend's house, I would like literally binge on all of their like candy. Like I would literally – or like sugar or anything. I would come home like literally like sick. Um, like there was multiple times. I mean I like got sick from my stomach. It was, I, it was bad. So I didn't realize this at the time. I look back now and see that. Um but anyway, so then, so that's kind of how I grew up and I was always bigger than my friends. So I wasn't like, like some little skinny mini. Um, so I was pretty, I was kind of insecure and I was pretty quiet actually. But anyway, so then I, you know, went off to college and I was like, oh wow, like I'm going to be my own woman now. And like, I'm going to be skinnier and prettier and whatever. And I'm going to, I'm going to get healthy and whatever that means. And I started diving deep into all these cookbooks and, and nutrition books. And I mean, I just like lived and breathed cookbooks, nutrition, everything. Mm-hmm. I mean, I became obsessed, obsessed to the point of where I think I probably had orthorexia, which I didn't, or I did definitely. I just didn't, it wasn't a term then when you're just over obsessed mm-hmm. with um, eating healthy and, or being healthy. Which actually led me to be super unhealthy because, you know, I skipped hangouts with friends just to stay home because I was scared to eat any food out and about. I was a scared to be around food. I was scared of alcohol, although I did drink it because I was in college and whatever. But um, I was miserable. I like lost my period. I felt terrible. I actually went vegan for a little while and I became super anemic and um So all that being said, so, you know, I tried to eat like perfectly healthy. Now, during this time is when my binge eating really started. I think it had started kind of more in high school and I didn't even recognize it as much. Um, But this is when I started recognizing it and I was having like binging episodes and they were getting like very severe where I would drive through like multiple fast food chains and I would get like fries and milkshakes and burgers or not even burgers, chicken tenders, whatever. Like I would eat whole pizzas and jars of nut butters. And if you can imagine how uncomfortable it is Mm -hmm. to like a jar of peanut butter it is 
horrifying. Um, and all this stuff, just anything I could get my hands on, just like shoving it in my mouth. And I think for more than one reason, I think part of it was emotional because my life at that time, I was in a really unhealthy relationship. I had a lot of, um, complicated family stuff going on and I felt out of control. My life felt out of control and I was, I was, I didn't know how to deal with it. So part of it I think was stuffing down my feelings with the food and nothing like nothing tastes like nothing could satisfy me no matter how much I ate or what I ate, nothing would satisfy. Um, I think that was part of the emotional part. And then also, I was restricting so much. I was restricting my calories and I was trying to exercise a lot. And I realized now my, I was just, I was starving. My body was starving and it was just trying to tell me that. And I, you know, I just thought like, oh, you have no willpower. You're not self-disciplined enough. You're not good enough, whatever. And like, I look back now, my body was just trying to tell me like, hello, feed me. I am so hungry. Yeah. Um, and it was telling me that with my hair, like getting really thin and falling out, brittle nails, dry skin, no period. I mean, I just like, I was falling apart. Um, and anyways, so all that being said, so I kind of, so I went through a binge eating disorder for years and years and years. Um, and there was like times when it got better and then times when it got worse and whatever. And then finally I actually ended up graduating college, um, and I moved home and I actually ended up going to Spain for two months um, to, and this is actually something I just discovered, I realized was maybe more of an aha moment than I thought. Um, I went to Spain for two months by myself to study Spanish. And really I was just running away from my life because I was just mm-hmm. like, I got to get out of here. Um, and I thought that I would heal things. But turns out I was still binging in Europe and in Spain by myself and just thinking to myself, like, what am I doing here? Like what I, like I'm still me, I'm still struggling. And, um, anyway, I just remember that actually really when I got, um, into studying the Bible and the word and all that. And, um, that was huge for me, but that was a big part of my healing journey. Definitely. Um, but anyways, or well, probably mostly the main part, but, um, Anyway, so I just remembered, I was just like, I can't do this anymore. This can't be like this. And Thomas and I, who is my now husband, I've known him since I was seven, but we had kind of just started talking like right before I went to Spain, which was kind of funny because it was like finally the first time in my life, like I didn't have a boyfriend and I was like, okay with it. And I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I'm just going to be me. And it was like the day before I left. And he was like, hey, and I'm like, what? now <laughs> like I had loved him my whole life and then all of a sudden he wants to do this before like start talking so anyway so um went to Spain and then when I came back he, he, Thomas and I had started dating and honestly being around him and watching the way he ate he was such a normal well-rounded eater and I was just like how can he eat all like how can he eat all these foods and it be okay because this was like a time in my life where I felt like dairy gluten soy alcohol sugar all those things were the enemy and so I was just like how how does one eat all those things but he just so anyway that was like mind-blowing to me and actually watching having normal eaters around me people that like really ate normally too really helped a lot yeah um yeah, that like, cause it just, it just reminded me like, oh, this, like you can be normal around food. I had only surrounded myself around, with people that, that weren't normal around food. So none of us knew what normal was. Um, and I think there can be a normalcy around food, but anyway, so then I kind of dive, dove deep into like the, in, um, intuitive eating thing. And I, I think I had come across a book from the real life RD, but I didn't, um, I didn't really like one day be like, I'm going to become an intuitive eater. Like it wasn't that I, I think my journey was really slow and looking back, I can see it. But in the time, I honestly don't think I recognized it. Like the more I pursued like being around people that were normal eaters and like actually being in community and um, not focusing on food, like the more my binges spread out, the more I actually also fed myself food and le- allowed myself to eat, um, the binges spread out because yeah. I was not restricting anymore. I was actually eating. My body was like starting to feel good again. Um, and I was dealing with so many stomach aches, all this stuff. Um, anyway, so 
see, I told you it can get really long. <laughs> That's um, okay. I love listening. Okay, good. Um, so anyway, so then the, the more, yeah, the more I just like started pursuing those things over than pursuing whatever health is, um, was really when they started and uh, truly nourishing myself with like actual food was huge. Whatever that food was like that, that made a huge difference. Um, but really my binges started spreading out until eventually to be completely honest, they just were gone. And I kind of like forgot, like, I think I like looked back one day and I was just like, I haven't binged in like eight months. And it was like, whoa, like, oh my gosh, like I didn't even realize what was happening, but there was just, there was such like a renewal of my mind. And like, I had to like really recondition, like I had to renew my mind to know, to allow these foods to be okay. Um, and that took a long time and it actually took a lot of effort, I guess, because I really had to be intentional about being like, no, this food is okay. And then like really reconditioning my body because I had such a mind body connection of like bread is terrible. I'm going to feel awful and I can't eat it. And so my stomach would hurt because my stomach's like, ah, bread feels terrible and it's awful and you're going to feel terrible. And it was like, oh my gosh, now I thrive off bread. If you can't Mm -hmm. tell from my my Instagram, (laughs) but, um, which is funny to me because like it used to be such a fear food to me and peanut butter too, which it's kind of makes me laugh because I eat it so often. And that used to be like such a struggle for me. So it's like the foods that were my biggest fear foods are now like foods that I've incorporated in my life, like on a daily basis. Um, so I kind of, so if that all makes sense, I think I moved more yeah. into the intuitive eating thing and started really learning that like I had to let go of these foods um, and really just like I couldn't heal my body because I, I do believe in like um, gentle nutrition and all that stuff. But I did realize that you cannot heal your body using nutrition until you heal your relationship with food. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And that's huge for me to understand because I couldn't figure out where the line was of allowing yourself to eat whatever the heck you want, you know, whatever, or like, like taking care of yourself. I had a really hard time figuring out that boundary for a long time. And then I realized I had finally gotten to the point where I could actually incorporate gentle nutrition. And that is what changed so much for me too. to now, I think where I'm at the point where I feel like I'm a normal eater. Does that make sense? All of that? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Your story is so awesome. And it's, it's really funny. We have a couple parallels in our stories too, where, um, I struggled with, um, mostly restriction, but also with binge eating, um, sort of towards the end of college. And I went away and studied abroad in Italy for a couple months. And, um, yeah. And I, I had been, I was in sort of the early stages and I already shared this in one of my earlier podcast episodes, but I was already in what I thought I was like fully recovered and I was good Mm -hmm. and I was great, but I now realize that I was in like the early stages of recovery, but it was also sort of a period of time for me where I was removed from the rest of my life and I was like oh okay so I'm eating a little bit more normally normally Mm -hmm. in quotations but my problems are still here my insecurities are still here and that was something that I had to work through so I loved hearing that because I I didn't know that part of your story and then um, after I met my husband and when we started dating he is also a very normal eater and that's definitely something I want to I'm going to chat with you about a little bit later but it's so incredible to surround yourself with people who are normal eaters because just like you I didn't actually think it was possible to just be normal around food and not be thinking about foods being good or foods being bad and it's it's so incredible to be around those people and realize that this is possible and I think one of the, the things that you that you emphasized that I really loved is that you had to allow yourself to actually eat and eat all foods in order to stop binging. Because I think that so many um, women who struggle with binge eating, whether it's, you know, disordered or I mean, it's always disordered, but whether it's an actual eating disorder or it's just something that they struggle with from time to time, it's often mm-hmm. because 
we're restricting ourselves during the day and we're putting these rules and regulations around food and this fear, like you were saying, those fear foods you had. And that's what tends to result in this binge eating. Whereas I think, I think so many women as women come to me and and women I hear about um, will say, oh, you know, I'm so bad for binging or they beat themselves up over it. But really, you know, their efforts to be quote unquote healthy oftentimes backfire into this binging. And I think that I think so so many women and I think this is why so many women come to you and tell me that they can resonate with your story because it's so it's so true and I think it's unfortunately all too common that women experience that um so thank you so much for for sharing all of that and yeah it's so incredible to hear your journey from struggling so much to really finding that place of not just intuitive eating but normal eating Yes. And actually, it is funny that our stories do parallel with Italy and Spain. Did you notice, and now I think about it more, and I thought I've been thinking about this more often, is I didn't have access to the products and like special certain things like that I would have here. Um, like, you know, almond flour, stuff like that. Like it was harder to come. Oh, actually, almond flour wasn't really huge then, but it was harder to come by that stuff. Like I could barely find peanut butter anywhere. It yes, was like I had to yeah. like one. So I mean, they were already such, I was surrounded by such normal eaters to begin with where like you would drink coffee with just cream or whatever, or a cappuccino, like you wouldn't think different or, you know, you would, you would just eat that pastry that like, it wasn't a bad food to them. It was like beautiful to them. And so that actually changed my perspective a lot. And I always try to bring, I always tell Thomas, I want to bring a European atmosphere into our home. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's true because they are calm around food because it isn't a thing to them. Um, it's a thing in that it's part of their culture and part of their family experience and they love it and they enjoy it. And I think, I mean, this obviously isn't true for every single European, but I think as a general culture, they have a healthier relationship with food than we do. And it's funny you're talking about like the coffee with cream or a cappuccino, because that was actually one of the really challenging things for me when I first got to Italy. We were sort of, um, so I went with one of my best friends from high school and she was actually Mm -hmm. the friend who kind of sat me down and, and told me that I kind of told me that I was struggling and I really needed to get help a few months prior. Mm -hmm. And we were like, so what do you do for breakfast? And we hadn't gone to the market. It was like our first couple of days there. And they were like, oh, you just grab a cappuccino and a croissant. And we're like, yeah. What? what? <laughs> and I was in nutrition school at the time and it was like, well, that's like, what yeah, you right. Do. Yeah. And so we, so that next morning, it was, I remember the feeling of like, okay, Kristen, it's okay. You're going to go and you're going to have a cappuccino and a croissant and it's going to be good and, and you're going to be fine. Like I had to talk to myself about it because I had no, these true. ideas in my head around like this, you know, this isn't a quote unquote healthy breakfast. This isn't a quote unquote balanced breakfast, right? Right. You're like, but, okay, where's the nutrition in this? Right. But, but it was such a beautiful yeah. experience and they all sat outside. Um, so a, a bunch of the people, I lived in this little town and a bunch of the people in the little town just sat outside these little like bistro chairs and mm. sat and they ha- sipped their cappuccinos and ate their croissant slowly and chatted and had this beautiful morning before they went off to work or, you know, whatever it. they were doing. And it was such a beautiful experience to see, to be surrounded by that sort of culture. So, yes. Yeah, I love it so much. I love that. <laughs> That's so cool. So for those of my listeners who might be in the thick of things with their disordered eating, struggles with letting go of binging or dieting for that matter, what do you feel like was the hardest part of your recovery? What sort of wisdom can you give from that? Um, I think there is, uh, you know, it's all so hard, Yes, but I think there's a lot of hard parts. But one thing I think that was really frustrating for me was like when I would go so long without a binge and then all of a sudden I would binge again and I would feel so frustrated. I'd be like, okay, I just went like two weeks, which was like a long time for me in between or even three weeks. And then it was like, I'd binge again and I would feel so defeated and so guilty and so shameful. And I was just, I was so upset. And I, I think I didn't realize that, you know, the smallest victories, I didn't look at the like, oh my gosh, I went three weeks without a binge. It was more of like, I binged, you know? And it was like, I didn't realize that the, um, every little victory was really a part of the big, the big victory, I would yes, say. Um, yeah. like count the, I, I think you just got to change your perspective, which is incredibly difficult when mm-hmm. you're in it. I understand that looking back, I'm like, oh yeah, 
right. If I had looked at it more of being like, oh my gosh, I went, I did three weeks. Okay. We, you know, whatever. Um, but it, and it's funny because the binging would always happen again. It would be triggered again when I started doing some kind of restriction, like, mm-hmm. oh, well, I'm going to juice cleanse this week because whatever. Um, I did a lot of those. And, um, so then I would just, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty much didn't end up counting because then I would just binge on everything I didn't eat for like those three days and right. make up for it. So, um, so yeah, I think I would just want to encourage people that even if you, you know, if they're becoming less, or even if you're still in the thick of it, just remember, you just have to remember that like every little victory in it is, is really a part of the whole story. Um, yes. And part of the recovery. If that, yeah. If that makes sense. I love that. Yeah. It's a process. It really it is, is a, process, a process and you really do have to embrace all of those little victories. I love yes. how you put it. Yeah. Yes. So can you remember a moment then? maybe a time, maybe a day when you realized that you were free, like you were free from the restriction, from the binging. I know you sort of mentioned that you realized that there was, oh, it's been so long since I binged. Do you have a moment that you can think of? I actually, the funny thing is, is I think my husband noticed it before I did. (laughs) I remember one time um, I don't remember exactly. It might have actually been either right before I was pregnant or while I was pregnant. Um, pregnancy changed a lot for me too, actually. That became I think I became way more of an intuitive normal eater then. Mm. Um, but I will say that I remember he looked at me one day and he was just like, you're not in chains anymore. He was like, you don't have a problem with food anymore. And I was like, you're right. <laughs> I was like, oh my gosh, like look at me eating like – sourdough for breakfast and then still eating a burger for dinner and like not being scared of that. Like I used to like be like, you know, like one carb in a day. If I had a slice of bread, I was over. It was it. That's all I could have. And, you know, and I was just thinking and I used to not eat weed or anything like that. And I was just like, oh, my gosh, like you're really right. Like I use and and like people do have allergies. And I always like to say that because I don't mean it against anybody if they're like, okay, well, I'm allergic to dairy and I can't have it. Like, okay, well, that that's different. I do right, understand yeah. that. But I did have a point where I thought I was allergic to, I thought I was gluten intolerant, dairy intolerant, like allergic to alcohol. I thought everything. Um, but it was really, I for me, it was really more of the fear around those foods than it was the actual food. Um, and once I really let those go, and sometimes I still have to be like, okay, this is, this is okay. Like I don't have to like, compensate for it or whatever you know sometimes like that's another thing to encourage people even if you're healed and recovered like sometimes these thoughts still come in your head and you just have to recognize them and cut them off yes Um, yeah and so like even if you you know you're, you're always in process we never fully arrive at anything you know that's part of life and that's like a beautiful thing um because we're never going to be perfect um but anyway I think it was I think it was really just when my husband had told me that and I was like oh my gosh you are so right like I feel so normal around food. Like I feel like I lo- I love food again. Like I'm excited about it. Where I used to be so shame. I used to be so scared that anybody even thought I like to eat. Which is uh, sad. Yeah. Super passionate. <laughs> no, I'm smiling because I totally understand that experience. And what a special moment for you and your husband to kind of recognize that together. Because I know that he has walked through a lot of this with you. Yeah. Um, and for him to realize that you you have found this freedom yes. in food and this normalcy in food, which is so cool. So, you know what? I kind of want to go into this now. And I was going to ask you a little bit later, but um, I asked you if I could add this in because I listened to um, (laughs) the live you did um, with Thomas, your husband, a couple weeks ago. And I was just, I was so blown away by how supportive he is of you and not just you, but your mission to share your journey to food freedom with other women. Um, He had some amazing words of wisdom. So how has he helped you and been supportive of your journey to finding balance? Oh, he is my number one encouragement. He is not my healer or he can't be the one to save me. So I always like to tell people that because you can't put that on somebody to save you because it's not about them. Um, But he he has just been so encouraging in this whole process. And I told him – I actually am often asked this question. I actually told him about um, my eating disorder like on our second date because I just – 
I just wanted to be so open and I wanted him to like understand that I had a hard time around food because like our first dates were like all out to eat. Um, and that, that was really hard for me actually to get used to, but he has just been, you know, he's been so encouraging in that he's kind of two ways. So he's very forward and almost blunt, I guess I would say like, whereas like he doesn't understand the compassion side of that kind of thing. It's kind of like, well, just eat this because I mean, like, it's not bad for you to eat it. Why wouldn't you just eat it? And I'm like, uh, you don't get it. Um, and that's okay. But he's really learned so much more and he's kind of just seen, I think he's seen me transform in so many ways. Um, and he just encouraged me so much with just the way he eats. And he, he has like a very compassionate side. Like he really just, he, like he feels for, like he felt for me and he can, he like feels for these other girls like that, you know, are struggling with this kind of thing. And he just so believes it doesn't have to be that way, which that has always been a huge inspiration to me where he's like, it doesn't have to be that. Like, why can't we just eat normal in it? And I'm like, okay, yes, but it's more complicated than that. But is it really, maybe it's not as complicated as we think it is. And maybe we can just all eat normal. And and let go of those things. Maybe anybody can. And so that's been like a huge encouragement to me. And he just is like so full throttle believes like we do not have, like we talk, we have conversations like this all the time, just being like, I don't want people to live this way. Like it doesn't have to be this way. I want people to be free. Um, like most of our dinner conversations are about this or about yeah. like, like sitting at the day- dinner table, like drinking a glass of wine and like, Having having just made a beautiful meal that uses butter or cheese or whatever, but we love like, but we always have like yummy like hopefully seasonal produce. It's not always seasonal, whatever. We do what we can, but you know we like we've changed our food. I've changed my food perspective from health and wellness exclam whatever um, quotation marks or um, to like enjoyment. So like actual. Like this, this food is good for our soul. Like we created this beautiful meal and like, let's enjoy it rather than all the other things. Um, so anyway, if, yeah, so he's, he's just been a huge encouragement. Um, and he's just, he's like really passionate about it too, which is really sweet because it really, it, it, it keeps my fire going. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. What, what an incredible part of your healing journey. Yes, that is so cool. Yes. So I think this sort of piggybacks onto that, um, onto what you were just sharing about kind of changing from that health and wellness perspective to that eating all food and enjoying your meals and feeding your soul. So I know that you are also passionate, as am I, about choosing real food for the most part, of course, right? So that Mm -hmm. gentle nutrition aspect of things. So how have you found that balance of cooking with mostly real foods and enjoying real foods. And I'm putting real foods in quotation because I believe all food is real food. Yeah. But, you know, we're talking whole I got you. whole food <laughs> items. Yeah. So how do you avoid it becoming restrictive again? Yeah, definitely. I think just having all the things around actually really mm, helps me. Yeah. Um, you know, like I my, – my goal as – a mom and a wife, I told Thomas that like, I want to be the mom that always has a batch of like freshly baked goods around because I want T to know that it's not, it's not scary. Like chocolate chip cookies don't have to be scary. Like I baked them with love for you guys and uh, for us to enjoy. So I don't want to, I don't want sugar to be demonized as a bad thing. Um, and so I think like having those things around and having the things that you really enjoy around, like I used to be really scared to have ice cream around because I would binge on the whole pint. But now, I mean, I will tell you, I have two pints of Ben and Jerry's in my freezer and mm-hmm. like I had them two nights in a row and I was like, oh my gosh, they're so good. And then like, I haven't had them in like two weeks cause I'm like, or maybe a week, whatever. But I'm like, eh, I don't really like, I'm kind of over it. So yeah. I think, just, but then like, I find that I naturally will crave the more you like, the more you really learn to like, listen to your body and like, let yourself have these foods and to eat what you actually enjoy. Like, uh, okay, well maybe I will crave some like scrambled eggs with, you know, spinach and like usually cheese and like some nice sourdough or something the day after I have ice cream because my body's craving savory and nutrition over the, over like 
getting a croissant for breakfast that day or getting, you know, having a cinnamon bun. I don't know. Just anything like, like my body doesn't tend to crave that again. And so I don't, I don't know if that's super helpful, but I feel like no, it is definitely, I feel like it's become such an intuitive aspect of my life to really choose what feel. Sometimes I choose foods that are more play foods because they sound fun and exciting. And Thomas and I are like, let's go get ice cream. That sounds great. And then sometimes it's, you know, I don't really want to go get ice cream today. I don't really feel like, like, you know, I'm still kind of full from dinner and I don't really like, we don't like, we actually had this conversation the other night. We were going to go actually pick up some local cake from, um, a bakery close by and that we've been wanting to try. And we both ate a really yummy dinner. And then we were like, I'm kind of like, I'm pretty full. Like, I don't want, I just don't really, we're not, I'm not in the mood for cake anymore. Let's save it for another night when we really want it. So it was kind of, and I didn't feel like, oh, but I had a lot of it that I was going to have cake tonight. Like, you know, I didn't have where I, where I used to be. And then if I didn't have it, I'd be really upset and be like, oh, my gosh, well, I didn't have the cake. I have to have something else. Um, you know, I would be really, like, disappointed because that was my opportunity, my one opportunity to have that cake or yes, whatever. Yes, yeah. So, yeah. Does that answer? Oh, my gosh, yeah. I think that's okay. such a good point, too. It It is part of that allowing all foods and knowing that that special food is going to be there another yes. day that you don't yes. need to only eat the special foods in one day you don't need to have like a treat day or a treat meal or whatever they can be a part of your life and I love the idea of just having all those foods around and being exposed to all of those foods and I love that you are exposing tea to all those foods too yeah um, so fun <laughs> excuse me sorry <laughs> um sorry I'm just going to pause for a second because my okay. <laughs> So I love that you're exposing tea to all those different types of foods too. And from following you on Instagram, I think you're already that mom who always has, you know, a baked good around. I love your recipes. We've actually made some of your recipes in our house. And and I love that balance you have of enjoying those treats, enjoying those baked goods, but also eating those real foods and that you recognize that all you have to do is listen to what your body wants. And that if we listen to what our body wants, our body will respond. You know, we might have Ben and Jerry's for dessert one night and the next morning we might want something different than that. We probably right. won't want Ben and Jerry's for breakfast. Right. We will. I don't know. <laughs> but Maybe yeah, well, but your you know. body does naturally start to, to self-regulate um, and find that balance when we do just allow ourselves to have all of those foods around and not have it be a thing and just have them be a part of your life and it I takes time that. for it sure does. yes definitely it's not just an and overnight great. type of thing where you're like I'm not gonna these things this isn't gonna be a thing I'm just gonna eat ice cream and kale and it just yes. kind of balances <laughs> itself out <laughs> it does right. take it does take time it is a process yeah so actually, piggybacking on that as well, I love your excitement whenever you share about going out to eat and choosing a place <laughs> with your husband and enjoying every moment in that. So what are your tips for getting to the point of, we've already kind of talked about enjoying all foods, um, but what is your approach when you go out to eat now? So for the women who are nervous about going out to eat and they're on this intuitive eating process um, or they're thinking about going through this intuitive eating process and they're like, well... I want to nourish my body, but I'm afraid to go out to eat. Right. Okay. Makes me laugh that you notice how excited I get because I get really excited. <laughs> I get super passionate about trying somewhere new or going somewhere that we love, and I just get I get all excited. Thomas is like, oh my I gosh. do too. So I feel it. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's so fun. Um, and okay, so I would say when I used to get really overwhelmed by a menu because I would be like, okay, this is my one opportunity to eat out. This is my one opportunity to eat at this place, and so. One thing I like to try to do because, you know, I, we, eat, we eat pretty well rounded at home. We eat a lot of vegetables and all that stuff. And so when it comes to eating out, I always like to try something that I don't make at home um, mm. or that's not as easy to make at home because if you get some – I used to go to a restaurant and order like – everything that I would always make at home and be disappointed. Cause I'm like, well, I could probably make that better myself at home. Mm-hmm. Um, or even like, okay, I eat that all the time. Um, but there are things that you like and like, it's okay to like order, you know, kind of like based on the kind of food you like. Um, but I think just approaching the menu with, with, um, calm, like be calm because I, it can feel really overwhelming. Um, and I think also like survey the whole menu first, before you're like freaking out about everything. But also just know that one meal out isn't going to, um, isn't going to ruin everything. Isn't going to ruin like 
it's okay if they cook with a little more oil or fat or salt or whatever. Like it, you're not going to die. It's actually like, you know, it's a good, it's a good balance I think to have in your life. Now we, I will say if we eat out really often, we're both like, Ugh, like I'm kind of sick of eating out. Let's make some good food at home. Like we're, you know, like we feel it. We're like, okay, we've probably eaten out too much. Let's, let's definitely make some good, um, simple food at home. So it it balances it out. So just know that if you're going to eat out, it's okay. And it's okay to eat out and you can balance it out with more simpler things at home. If you, if you feel the need, um, but yeah, but I think it's important to really enjoy your time while you're there and enjoy like the I'm all about the whole nine yards. So I love like the atmosphere. I mean, we love to try like the drinks or the specials or some appetizers or and, you know, I always just like try to not go super like starving because I know that I'll eat all like way overeat because I'm just like too hungry and like ravenous. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I but I do like to like enjoy like we always get like appetizers and entree and like usually a dessert. So I know to pace myself and we don't actually let them take anything off the table unless it's done <laughs> because if we want to go back and have a little more of something, we will, um, depending on how much came out. So I think pacing yourself is really important too. Um, which is also just good because just in, that's part of enjoying it is being, yeah, so, absolutely. it being about the conversation and obviously it looks a little different now with a baby. Um, but, um, yeah, that would be my advice. But it is about the experience. So oh, such great advice. I love yeah. all of those tips. I think those are those going to be really, really valuable. And I love eating out too. So um, it has it has been um, a shift for me too in eating out and enjoying the whole experience and um, not going there ravenous and eating all of yeah. the things and then feeling like physically sick because I'm like, oh, I can only eat this once. So, right. so I loved all those tips you gave. Right. Yeah. So you mentioned going out to eat with the babies a little bit different. <laughs> and you yeah. you do have a sweet little eight-month-old tea. I love watching your your journey with baby led weaning and feeding him. <laughs> it's so, so fun. Thank so you. how has your relationship with food changed since becoming a mama? So either during pregnancy or in, in kind of that postpartum period? Yeah. So I think in pregnancy – It was just different because I had never, you know, I had finally allowed myself to eat, but I had never felt that kind of hunger before Mm -hmm. where like I would wake up at like 4 a.m. and I was like starving and I was like, what is happening? Like I just didn't, I hadn't, I hadn't, I hadn't crossed that boundary where I was like, okay, you can really eat any time of day. It was like, whoa, I'm not comfortable eating at 4 a.m. This is weird. Um, But I did. And so I had to like break out of a lot of boundaries I didn't know I still had. Um, or like if I was still hungry after dinner and like, I wanted like a pretty substantial snack or something, you know, like a couple hours later, like it was like, I would eat that. And so I think it just kind of, it it was not less about me and more about tea. And, um, that just kind of changed my perspective, um, in that air, in that timing. And then also, I, I mean, like literally my first trimester, like hello carbs and I hated eggs. I hated eggs actually my whole pregnancy almost, which is funny. Um, and all of a sudden tea doesn't like eggs. So I'm like, what the heck is this thing with eggs? Um, but anyways, um, so yeah. So then I just had to like really listen to like what the heck I wanted. And I like, all I wanted was just like fresh fruit. I was like, crazy, which is funny. Cause I was pregnant a lot, like in actually the winter, But so I was like craving more like pizza and pasta and stuff like that then. And you know what? I had so much fun with it. Like I had so much fun with like actually eating. Like I think I became way more of an intuitive eater then because I was like listening to like, oh my gosh, that sounds so good. And I would eat it and it was so good and I loved it and just kind of like moved on where, um, you know, other times it was like I I wouldn't be like that. Um, I don't know if all that makes sense. But anyway, so I – ate a lot of carbs to start because like you're tired and you need energy and your body's is telling you exactly what it needs. So I just like went with it and it was like, I felt good. I felt really good in pregnancy, which was crazy to me because I always thought I was going to be that girl that didn't feel good. Um, but (laughs) yeah, so it was a beautiful thing. And then postpartum. So talk about hunger and pregnancy. It was like a little more than I expected. Um, but it wasn't like I wasn't like crazy, crazy ravenous or anything. Now, when I 
had tea and I started breastfeeding, I have never <laughs> felt that hunger in my life. I know I it's like crazy. <laughs> a 12 year old boy, like going through, I was like, like that was like playing sports and like just eat all day. I was like, oh, I could not fill my stomach. I was just starving all the time. I would wake up at like 6 a.m. to, well, you know, I'd be like up all night, but like get up at like 6 a.m. and I'd be like, I'm starving. Like I need like a spread. Like I was having like, we froze a bunch of pancakes and like I was like, I needed like pancakes and eggs and all. I would eat like eight meals a day and I was like <laughs> ravenous. And finally now that has like calmed down a little bit and I'm still hungry a lot. Um, but anyway, so that has like changed my perspective a lot because it's just really not, not about you. And I have noticed on days I don't eat as much, my milk does not come in as heavy or as much. And so I, there was, there's been times where my, my supply has been low and I've had to just like cut off exercise. I'll just walk only. And so I've had to like cut off any kind of like weights or anything like that and eat more. And my supply goes right back up every time it's mm. it blows my mind um and so but it's actually been really cool because then I've like linked it so much I'm like oh my gosh I'm just like I haven't been eating enough I've just been doing a lot of things and I haven't I just haven't paid attention whatever um and so it's just changed my my relationship with food just because I I'm nourishing myself for more reasons than just me yes Oh, I love that. (laughs) It really does change your perspective when you're nourishing another human, for sure. Uh, And I can definitely relate to the crazy nursing hunger after baby was born because I had a similar experience where about that. No, me either. I know it's a it's crazy, but your body is using that fuel to create food for your baby. It's pretty incredible when you think about that. So it makes sense. But yeah, no one tells you how much, how much, how hungry you are. Yeah, I heard you're like hungry in pregnancy and like I was hungrier for sure, but I had no idea what I was up against when it came to actually having the baby. And I think it's, it's a good encouragement for women too, who might be in that period because I do, you know, I do speak to mostly moms. Um, that's, that's kind of where my business and where my podcast is, is geared towards moms. And so especially first time moms who haven't experienced this and who are like, oh no, I'm like super hungry postpartum. Aren't I supposed to be like losing the baby weight? And they're all worried about, you know, eating more. But it really is about taking that perspective of I am nourishing another human being, whatever you choose, because not everyone chooses to nurse, but it's normal. Our hormones change postpartum. um, And there are going to be those changes because your body was during the pregnancy period and oftentimes afterward nourishing another human. So I think sometimes taking that step back and going, okay, it's okay to eat more. It's okay to listen to my body. My body knows there's nothing wrong with feeling extra hungry, just honoring that and and eating more. And I love that you also like made it exciting. You're like, all right, I'm more hungry. So let's enjoy more foods and different types of food. To be honest, I was like, oh my gosh, I have so much more like capacity for meals during the day. This is fun. Like, let's get to it. (laughs) Yes. And that's such a great great balanced mindset. So I really appreciate that. (laughs) Yeah, it was fun. So my last big question for you um, is how do you balance self-care and being a work from home mama? So what is like a day in the life of Lex look like? And how do you how do you balance all that? So I'm going to say I am. Oh, it's okay. I'll answer the best I can. I'm going to say it is a, a very time consuming to be a mother. And it is I mean, it's a 24-7 job, and it is the most amazing thing that's ever happened to me, and I am so thankful, and I really feel so blessed that I'm able to be a mom because I know not everybody can. Um, so having that perspective always changes everything for me when, I'm, when I focus on being thankful rather than being, thinking about the things that I don't have. Um, but I will say, so balancing self-care can be a little difficult, Um but it's super important. Um, sometimes my, you know, having someone watch tea if I can is like, is really just important for my mindset, my life, my everything, because, you know, you have to also still be you, even though you're, you know, have a kid, you're not just a mom now. It's not your identity. You know, you're still you. Um, and so I think like sometimes if my husband will like, let me, you know, I'll be like, I need like 30 minutes. And he's like, 
I got you. And you know, like if your husband comes home and you need 30 minutes, like go out on a walk, go get in the bathtub, like go hide. I don't know, do something Mm -hmm. Um, like a face mask. Like I actually have this thing now that he sleeps really well through the night and stuff. um, You know, I actually like to get up like a good two hours before him. As long as I'm still getting eight hours of sleep, I'm like, I need eight hours of sleep now that I can have it. I'm Mm -hmm. like, let me have that. Um, I try to get up a couple hours before him so that I can have that time to just be me. And I like to journal and like drink my coffee and relax. Sometimes I'll go work out or something and have that time to myself. Or I'll just like spend time just doing that, getting some work done. Just um, that like is self-care to me now. Um, And that's – and that's what fuels me to make me a better mom while he's awake and while he's, while he's, um, while I'm home. And if I, being a work from home mama, like I try to get most of my work done in the morning like that or during naps so that I'm not on my phone all day or I'm not yes. on my computer. Um, it's really, really hard. I'm going to tell you that I'm not great at the boundaries and I'm working more and more on it. But the thing that motivates me is that T wants our phone so bad, like, Whenever our phone's around, he just wants our phone. And I'm like, mm-hmm. he wants my phone because I'm on it. And that, and like, you know, he wants it because I'm always on it. So why wouldn't he want it? Right. He's like, what is this thing that you're on? You know, like, I want that. It must thing. be exciting. <laughs> exactly. Like, something must be cool about it. So whenever he like starts going after my phone, I'm like, okay, I, I need a phone break because like, obviously I've been on it too much or something. Um, and so, that's just like a good, like gentle reminder for me. But anyway, I really try not to be on my phone when he's awake. Although like I am like feeding him and filming him and whatever, but, um, I do my best most of the days. Um, but it is hard. So I think trying to batch my work to get it done on the times when he's either napping or in the morning before he goes to sleep, I try to turn it off at night, um, after dinner time because I just don't like being on my computer and I like to spend that time with Thomas husband. Um, and yeah, so it's hard. I actually keep my phone on airplane mode every day from like eight till, and it's not always perfect, but from like eight to like 6 a.m. is my goal. Um, just to get that break from phones and electron, and technology, and that is like self care to me. The other biggest self care to me these days is just a hot shower that's like more than 10 yeah. minutes. It can be that simple. Yeah. <laughs> that's it. Like, that's it. Like, I don't have any fancy self care things other than like sometimes, I sometimes like, Take yourself to coffee if you can or bring your kid because sometimes I just take tea with me and I'm like, this feels good. Or like we go out on walks and like sometimes self-care looks like being with him doing things that are good, that make me feel good um, or make me happy. Um, so, yeah, just kind of all of that, if that makes sense. I don't have any fancy frills or anything like that. Sometimes just like a, my cup of coffee in the morning in the quiet when nobody else is awake is like the best thing I could ever ask for. (laughs) Yeah, no, I think that's so great. And that is so encouraging because I believe in simple self-care so strongly because you need to find those pockets of self-care throughout your day, throughout your week. And I'm definitely a wake up early and get things done mama myself because I am aside from I have Fridays, which are my work day, but I otherwise I work at home and I'm working during naps and in the morning, just like you. And so, yeah, taking those moments, even if it doesn't feel fancy, I think is is so important. Um, and it's funny. So now that we have two kids on the weekends, my husband and I will split up with the kids. And so he'll watch the youngest one or get some time to himself when she's napping. Aww. And I'll bring my big kid with me to the coffee shop and we'll go and she gets like tablet time. Some We'll sit and chat in the beginning. I don't just like put her on her tablet the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll sit and we'll like share a baked good and She'll have her tea and I'll have my coffee. Then she goes on her tablet and I read. And like we've been doing it almost every weekend. And it feels like it's such a it's such a fun time to connect with my daughter. But it also feels like self-care to me. So I love that you brought that up, too. Sometimes self-care can be with your kiddo going on a walk or going to a coffee shop. There's so many ways. It's just about filling your cup, I think, on a regular basis. Yes. And not everybody has access to somebody helping them watch their kid. And I understand that. We actually have both of our grandmas are in town, but they both have a lot of grandkids. <laughs> so um, we've got four on both sides. So it's oh, just, wow. um, you know, we don't actually have somebody to watch him as often as we thought we would, which is totally fine. But you, you just realize that. But we are thankful to have family around just to begin with. But you do realize, like, there's some people that don't even have access to a babysitter or maybe can't afford it, and that's okay. So find find the things that you can do at home that maybe your kid's napping. Go take a hot shower. Mm-hmm. Like, do something 
thing that feels good. Throw on a face mask while he's napping. I think the more I find that like I really set more boundaries with my phone or my computer or technology, then I find more time to do the things that make me feel good too. Yes. Oh, absolutely. You can get lost in the technology. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so easy. And I I love that you said that he wants your phone too, because I tend to hide my phone during the day from my kids because they do, they want to be on it. Yeah. So awesome. So I have what I call the final three. So there are three fun, short little questions that I like to ask all of the guests that come on. Um, And because I love food and I know both you and I are foodies um, and we enjoy food and we've thankfully gotten to this place where we can enjoy food, what is your favorite thing to cook? Okay, so I'm actually going to turn it to bake because I'm such a baker. I love to bake. Actually, Thomas is the big cook. I enjoy cooking, but I love to bake because I like a recipe and I like to follow it. (laughs) Throw in a couple other things. But anyway, I think one of my favorite things to bake right now is, oh gosh, it's such a hard thing. I mean, I did just make three banana breads in one day the other day. (laughs) Um, And so I do love banana bread, but I actually love baking cake, which is, I don't do it like ever, but I went through a phase this was before T was born because I had more time. But um, I went through a phase where I was baking cakes all the time, and I had so much fun. And that's like something I actually really want to um, bring back a little more, um, which is funny because I actually never really thought I liked cake. And it turns out I really do like cake. Um, I had convinced myself I didn't like cake. But um, now I love it. So anything that's like cu- cupcakes or cake or like cookies or something, I love to – I just like love to bake. So that didn't, I did not pick one thing. I picked them all. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, you gave a couple. You gave banana bread and cake. Yeah. I love that. That's so fun. <laughs> yeah. So then what is your favorite thing when you go out to order or have someone cook for you? All right. Cook for me. Pasta. I love when Thomas cooks me pasta. Mm-hmm. It's like I was never a pasta girl and now I learned I love pasta. It's amazing and it's delicious and he makes the best because he's Italian and I'm a little <laughs> partial. And one of my favorite things to order out, um, I do – okay, I do love pizza. That's my other like – that's like my favorite probably takeout type of order, pizza or Indian food actually. Um, but when I'm at a restaurant, I like love m- meal items that are like like a really yummy fish with like beautiful like seasonal pro- – like I love like that kind of stuff like with like a yummy grain or a pasta or something with like a fish or – like a steak or something like that, like some kind of, I like to try everything. (laughs) I love it. I'm a huge fan of asking what the specials are because usually the specials are what the chef is most inspired with, right? So, and usually the most seasonal stuff. So yeah, I love that. So the last question I have is we talk a lot on this podcast about finding your beautiful balance, going beyond obsessing over food and finding nourishment and pleasure in food and in life. So what does your beautiful balance mean to you? So I'm going to say my beautiful balance actually has nothing to do with food at all. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm going to say that it has to do everything with everything else. <laughs> um, I think I've found that the less I focus on the on food and food just being the cherry on top of my day, um, and the more I focus on my community and my people and my friends and my kid and my life and, you know, all the beautiful blessings God has given us in this world and just, like, the sunshine. And, like, when I focus on the little things, the simple things in life, like the trees that are starting to bloom even though it's still winter, like those things – that's what a beautiful balance looks like to me when I can just really appreciate all the little simple things in life, which isn't always easy. But when you can just appreciate what you have and be grateful for what you have, um, that's when I feel the most balanced. Oh my gosh. I'm like tearing up over here. That was beautiful. I love that so much. Uh, well, thank you so, so much for having this awesome conversation with me. I enjoyed it so much. And I love how many parallels we have in our story too. Yes. So so before I let you go, can you just share where my listeners can find you um, so they can get more of Lex? Yes. So I am on Instagram as restoring underscore radiance. And then I have a website as well, which is just restoreyourradiance.com. And that's everything. Got lots of delicious recipes on in both places, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Thank you. you And your husband. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. He's Uh, the, he is the cook of the family, but I cook too. So. (laughs) And you bake, right? (laughs) And I bake. I'm the baker.
Uh, Well, thank you again. This was so wonderful. I am so excited to share this with my listeners. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh my goodness, you guys. Was that not the best interview? I had so much fun chatting with Lex. What started out as an interview really just turned into a really awesome chat. I love how much our stories intertwined, um, even with little things like our studying abroad and our experience with food and, you know, overcoming eating disorders to finding real, true food freedom. And I love her story of not just learning how to eat intuitively, but eat normally and become a normal eater and be able to pass that on to her kiddo and her future kids. So I hope you loved this interview as much as I did. To find more of me, be sure to head to my website, healthymamachris.com. Follow me on Instagram and Facebook at healthymamachris. And do me a favor and go ahead and give me a star rating and a review if you loved this podcast, because every subscribe, every review, and every rating helps this podcast be seen and heard by more moms who need to hear this message. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Have a beautiful day.